It's good to see you this morning. This is uh, the first Sunday in Lent, and um, traditionally on this Sunday, we would talk about the temptation of Jesus, uh, but we're, we're continuing our series about the words from the cross, and um, I do just want to uh, emphasize again the, the announcement Felix made this morning that throughout this uh, 40 days of Lent, uh, the prayer room is open during office hours for you to come and pray, and there's a special prayer guide for, for each week, and there's also, um, you know, opportunities on Sunday morning, it's open as well, uh, but, um, and then if you can't be here in person, you can also find the same prayer guides at home uh, or online, so you can do it at home. So um, we, we start this journey together uh, on this 40 days of Lent. The scripture this morning is uh, from the Gospel of John, chapter 19. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. The word of God for the people of God. I thirst. It sounds like such a, an ordinary, mundane, human thing to say. And it's the only word from the cross in which Jesus refers to his needs. It, it, it's the only one that he mentions something that, that he needs. Um, but before uh, we deal with, with, um, with, with what he said, let's look at the response that he got. Um, after Jesus spoke these words, John said that, uh, they dipped a sponge in vinegar wine, and they held it up to Jesus' lips and touched his lips with it. Uh, Jesus' cross was, was high, and Jesus was hanging up high, so they needed some kind of stick or branch or something to put the sponge on so they could lift it up so that they could touch Jesus' lips with it. Um, the jar of wine probably belonged to the soldiers. Um, it's kind of always assumed that they... John is talking about are the soldiers, because there's actually other historical documents from this area that from this era that uh, mention that the soldiers often drank this kind of cheap wine, this vinegar wine. So they probably had it there. They probably needed some of it to help them get through their task of nailing a human being to a piece of wood. And so it was the soldiers who had it. And who heard Jesus when he said that he thirsted. And so it was the soldiers who lifted it up and touched his lips with it. Um, and besides that, I mean, the soldiers were guarding him. So I don't think anyone else would have had the courage to go up there and try to do that while the soldiers are standing guard. So it's, it's most likely the soldiers. John said that Jesus said these words to fulfill prophecy. Most likely Psalm 69, 21 they put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. But the interesting thing is, John says they took a hyssop plant and put the sponge on that and then lifted that up to touch Jesus' lips with it. Now, why a hyssop plant? Why would John even mention that? Why does it matter what kind of stick they used to put the sponge on to hold it up to Jesus' mouth. And I think John says something very subtle to us that his Jewish listeners or readers would have caught onto right at the beginning, but we might miss it 
because we're not as familiar as they are with, with these customs. But if you remember back when the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt, God sent Moses to go and rescue them from slavery. And uh, there were the, the ten plagues that God sent on Egypt to finally convince Pharaoh to let his people go. And the last one, of course, was the most deadly. The last plague was that the firstborn of every family, uh, even all the way down to animals, would die. And so Moses was told by God to tell the people of Israel that on the night before, if they would take a hyssop branch and they would kill a lamb and dip the branch in the blood of the lamb, and then if they would spread that blood over their doorway, then when the angel of death passed over them, the firstborn would be spared. And so that was what the Israelites did, and they were spared. And so then they, they celebrate the Passover. And of course, <laughs> that's what they're doing this very week. They're celebrating Passover. And so they're very familiar with the story. They're, they're reacting and recelebrating the story of God's grace, how God brought them out of slavery. It was Passover when Jesus was crucified. At the very beginning of this Passover celebration, everybody came to Jerusalem to celebrate. That's when Jesus was crucified. As a matter of fact, it's worth mentioning that the time Jesus was crucified was the exact time the priests started slaughtering Passover lambs at the temple. And so it's a subtle reminder, this hyssop branch, there at the cross, that the one that John had already referred to as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Passover lamb, shedding his blood so that the lives of others could be saved. So from the cross and amid great suffering, Jesus spoke those words, I thirst. And, and there are some who hear Jesus expressing words of, of personal need. I mean, his mouth was parched. He was thirsty. He, he wanted something to drink. And so you can understand why Jesus would say this, why he would say that he was thirsty. And uh, if, if we understand the way that Jesus uh, does this, it says something important to us about suffering, and it teaches us something about when we suffer and when we have needs. Because the truth is, when we have a need in our life, we tend to go, go two, in two unhealthy ways. We tend to either deny that we have a need, or we, we wallow in that need. Uh, one, one direction is denial. And that's how some people deal with suffering. They just deny that it's going on. They, if you ask them if you can help, they say, well, I don't have a problem. Everything's fine. You know, it's a, and, and denial, of course, is a normal part of grieving. Everybody goes through that. But, but some people get stuck there. And they pretend, I don't have a problem. I don't have any needs. You don't, there's nothing you can do for me. And they don't let anyone help them because they won't admit to anyone else that they have something they need. They don't allow others to reach out to them because they won't admit that they have something someone could help them with. And notice Jesus, you know, he's thirsty. So he says, I thirst. I'm thirsty. This is, I have a need. And this is the need I have. 
And then the other extreme is um, to just enjoy the attention of suffering. There's some people who are in constant turmoil, either physically or emotionally, because they enjoy the attention of it. I heard about a lady that if you ask her how she was doing, you would get this list of how every part of her body was doing, all the way, all of her ailments. Uh, and her friends jokingly referred to it as the organ recital. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so, you know, some people enjoy the attention of, of suffering, but, but Jesus, he, he, he didn't deny his need, nor did he wallow in it. He simply said, I thirst. And then it gave people the opportunity to, if they, they wanted to help, they could help. He clearly admits his need. And maybe, maybe that's a good example for us because, you know, we have needs in our life. And we need each other. We need other folks to help us sometimes. And it's okay to express that you have a need in your life. It's okay to say, I'm thirsty. It's okay to say, I'm really sad. It's okay to say, I'm frightened. It's okay to say, I don't understand. And then give people the opportunity to show you that they love you. So Jesus didn't deny his thirst nor relish in it. He just spoke it in a way that made it clear what his needs were. And I think maybe John also included this word as a theological point. Uh, because there were a group of people uh, around during the time John wrote his gospel and they were spreading this, uh, it was called um, docetism, which was uh, the, the, the belief that Jesus was not really human. Jesus was God, so God can't really be human. That's what they said, because, you know, flesh is, is sinful and bad, so God couldn't really be human. So he was God, and he just pretended to be human. And, and maybe John was reminding us, you know, gods don't get thirsty. Jesus said, I'm thirsty. That's why John, at the very beginning of his gospel, includes that word, and the word became flesh and lived among us. Because John was having to counter these people who were teaching this false thing, that Jesus wasn't really human. I thirst is a very human thing to say. I thirst. And Jesus was thirsty because just as surely as he was God, he was human. And so the soldiers around him, they took his words literally. And so they went and got a sponge, and they, they dipped it in this vinegar wine, and they held it up to his lips. But here's the thing. In John's gospel, every time someone takes something literally, they miss the point. Uh, it's every time in John's gospel. Uh, if you remember Nicodemus, John told Nicodemus, uh, or Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus got into this discussion about conception and delivery. And Jesus was, the, you missed the whole point. <laughs> and uh, when the woman at the well, and Jesus started talking about the water that he had, that she would never thirst again. And she wanted to know what kind of container she should get to carry this water. And it was, she, she completely missed the point. And often Jesus spoke and people completely missed the point. And I wonder if Jesus' forehead wasn't always red from doing this all the time. 
Because no matter what he said, people never seemed to catch on. And of course, John said he just did it to fulfill the scripture. But it's really ironic to hear Jesus speak these words. Because several times in the Gospel of John, Jesus invited people to come to him and said, if you come to me, you will never thirst again. The Samaritan woman was just referred to. Jesus was sitting at a well, and she came up to get water. And they got into a discussion, and Jesus said, if you knew the water that I have to offer you, you would never thirst again if you had this water. And then another time, those listening, Jesus said to them that whoever believed in him would never thirst again. And yet another time, Jesus stood up at a feast and he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The thirst quencher is thirsty. It seems odd. And that's why I think that it was more than about physical thirst that Jesus was talking about. Maybe in the midst of his suffering, he was thirsting for the day when God's kingdom would be a reality on earth. It had broken in, it had broken through, but it was not in control yet. His suffering was evidence enough of that. Maybe Jesus was praying, he was yearning for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Try to remember the last time you were thirsty. I mean, really thirsty. That doesn't happen to us that much these days. But they lived in a desert. They knew what it was like to be thirsty. They knew what it was like if you didn't prepare properly uh, that, that you would be thirsty. And that's why there's so many psalms about thirsting for God because they knew that real faith meant to long for God like you would long for water if you were in the desert. It's to know that we can't survive without him. It's a reminder of how badly we want God's presence in our lives. And so with this word from the cross, Jesus throws us into the deep end of the pool because he reminds us of the depth of his commitment to us. And he calls us to the depth of the same kind of commitment to him. Ultimately, Jesus thirsts for us. He thirsts for you. He thirsts for us to know God. And he thirsts and he aches so much that he is going to open the doorway for us to God if it kills him. We can't even respond to what Jesus has done for us on the cross with some kind of civil religion. We can't respond by going to church but keeping our prejudices and self-centeredness. We can't respond with some kind of convenient spirituality. We can't respond with some kind of casual commitment because what Jesus is doing for us is not casual. When is the last time we thirsted to know God better? When is the last time we ached for his kingdom to come? 
When is the last time we poured every fiber of our being into doing God's will? These are convicting words. They remind us of the seriousness of Jesus' commitment to us and call us to respond with a seriousness in our commitment to him. I thirst, Jesus said, from a bloody cross. And what he thirsts for is you because he loves you. And he's willing to do and give anything to have that relationship with you. He thirsts for us. And during this time of Lent, it is our opportunity to grow within ourselves a hunger and a thirst for God. Because I have it on good word that those who hunger and thirst for God will be filled. Amen. Amen.